Well, good. Well, we should just move chapel right here because uh, most everyone's sitting in the pews still. Um, well, good afternoon. And uh, if you look at the slide here, I literally just made this a few seconds before, picked a, te a template. I realized coffee and uh, theme do not match, and they don't, nor do they have any implication at all. The, the coffee does not. Although you probably could put those two together. How could you, how could you receive a Medal of Honor? without coffee. I, I imagine most soldiers had at least a cup that morning before they went out to battle. So disregard the picture. Um, I just had a video on here. I just need to throw it on PowerPoint. Now, uh, today's message is, it's shorter. I don't, it's not going to take up the full time. And it's also doesn't have points and subpoints and those things. It's really just one thought that I have for you today. Just one thought. And it is in lieu of tomorrow's holiday, or that, uh, that we, I wouldn't call it holiday, but tomorrow is Remembrance Day here in Canada. And just thinking of a day which we could remember those that have sacrificed, in many cases, their all, gave their life so that we could have the country that we have today. And I know we live in a time uh, and I know that countries aren't perfect. I'm from America. <laughs> I know countries aren't perfect. And I know that governments are corrupt. And I know that there's sin in all over the place. And I realize that. And it's sad, too. We're living in a time where it seems like uh, pride in one's country seems to be diminishing. And um, especially me being from America, you know, I'm very familiar with American pride and, you know, waving the flag high. And that's being ingrained in my, as a kid. And we used to wake up every morning before school and we would pledge allegiance to the flag. And it was just something common we do. And I know it's not quite as, as, it's not quite like that here in Canada, but there still is that sense of Canadian pride, you know, there is still, but it, it seems to be diminishing. And whether it's uh, decolonization, which is something really big going on now, uh, you know, the Vancouver Museum, they're getting rid of the entire third story, which has Captain Vancouver's, you know, ship there and all of the, uh, how the settlements came over. And, you know, they're trying to get rid of all that. They're wanting to re retell history in a different way. And it, it really is going to play a part in uh, how we were, you know, upbringing. And, and however you see that, uh, and I think there might be pros and cons to both. But let's just push all the politics aside. Let's push all that stuff aside. And let's just for a second remember what some people have done for our country. And whether you're from this country or not, you can still have pride in the fact that no matter what country you're from, there's people fighting for your country. And in honor of Remembrance Day, I thought I would start off with a story of a soldier, which it's actually considered one of the most decorated American soldiers of all time. And this young man, uh, well, I'll... Uh, I have a, a short clip that I want to show you. It's a, it's a movie. It's these guys on YouTube. They, did a, they do a great job at uh, uh, animating a specific scene in which this young man, uh, Audi Leon Murphy, would receive his uh, Medal of Honor during this one battle. And uh, I, this is just one specific battle of many that this little kid was in. I say little. He was five foot five. And uh, he was, I think, 16 when he tried enlisting at first. 
he had to lie to get his way into enlisting. I think he was 19 when this particular story took place. So it's a quick little four-minute um, adventure of what took place in this young kid's life. I want you to watch this. I was going to, I have his story written out here, This, but I just, it's one of those, it's one of these scenes where if you don't see it, you don't believe it. It's just, it's hard to, it's a, it's a Hollywood superhero style thing that this kid does. It's incredible. So let's watch the story of uh, this one specific battle here. And I edited it. So here we go. I thought it was pretty well done. It was actually much longer. Um, Eddie Leon Murphy was awarded every military combat award that a U.S. Army soldier could receive by the time he had finished uh, his fighting time. He was also given a French and Belgian awards for heroism. Though he was only around 20 years old at the end of the war, by that point he had killed over 240 German soldiers, had been wounded three times, and earned a total of 33 awards and medals from numerous different countries. After the war, he appeared in more than 40 films. He suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder tremendously throughout his life. His 40 films, one of them, he actually was able to reenact this very battle on a movie called uh, To Hell and Back Again. You could actually see parts of it on YouTube. And uh, they called him the, he had, he had this baby face, because he had, this, or this Hollywood face, they called him. Even with all the shrapnel and stuff, they could never get out of his body. He continued to fight until his body said, there's no more. He was originally unable to enlist because he was deemed too small and too skinny and was denied several times by enlisters. They told him to go home, you're too, you're too small. And it was only with the help of his older sister, and you've probably heard many stories like this, that helped lie get paperwork. I don't know why his sister would lie to get his <laughs> brother out <laughs> to die in the battlefield. I don't know what was going on there. But uh, she, <laughs> she helped him get enlisted, basically. And he got enlisted, and I don't know about you, but uh, at least as an American, I'm grateful that he did. He um, did not die in battle. He actually died in the uh, in the seven or in the eighties, I think. He died in a plane crash. Just just uh, he was in his private plane, and it just it went down over in uh, Virginia area. But it's stories like this that inspire young men and young women to to stand up and to be courageous. You know, to to fight for their country. It's it's stories like this. It's courage in the face of death that inspires and that challenges people all over to do great things. I could go to 2 Samuel 23. We won't, you don't have to turn there. But in 2 Samuel 23, it's always been considered one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. This is the chapter. Anybody know what it is just off the top of your head? 2 Samuel 23. Give you a hint. It involves King David. King David and some men that he had. King David's, they, the Bible calls them his mighty men. So it's the list of his mighty men. In this list, there's a guy named Adino, who the Bible says lifted up his spear into 800, whom he slew at one time. I don't even know how Hollywood would pull that one off. Eleazar, the son of Dodo, when, he, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave into his sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people were turned after him only to spoil. 
So Philist the Israelites left. He stood his ground, fought them off till his hand had just cramped over his sword. Couldn't, and then the people went back and said, "Oh, I think we can go. We'll help you spoil all your victories." How about Shama, the son of Agi? And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, where where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zariah, was chief among the three. And he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them. And he had the name among the three. Or this last one here, Benaiah, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. This might be a polite way of saying big, tall, ugly guys from Moab. I don't know. These are two monsters that came. This guy single-handedly took them on. He went down also and slew an actual lion, uh, slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a staff and plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. And there's more stories like this throughout the scriptures, some real heroic fighting stories that we can look at. And as heroic as these stories may be, there's one, there's many stories I could go to today. But when I consider today this idea of Medal of Honor, which is, you know, as an American, it would be considered the greatest award that you can receive, award of valor and courage. Is it the uh, Victoria Cross? Is that what the uh, Canadian version would be, basically? The Canadian version, Deviant's nodding, it's up close, right? Something like that. That would be like the Medal of Honor equivalent here in Canada or, I guess, England. That would be uh, given to both that a uh, Canadian could receive. So receiving such, such a medal is of highest honor. I wonder today what kind of medal of heavenly honor you know, would, would people get. Interesting too, uh, let's see it. Of the 3,508 total recipients of the Medal of Honor, 618 of them were awarded after that individual had already died. So 618 of them were given to men who either had sacrificed their life for their men or it was decades and decades later after that man had passed away uh, and usually it's awarded by a president would be the one to award it to the person or a, a close relative if that person passed away. But 618 of these men or, and ladies who received Medal of Honor never actually knew they got it in the first place because they had died before they received it. When I consider today the medal, a medal of heavenly honor, I just want us to look at one story, just to help drive a point, a very simple point for us here this afternoon. So we're in uh, Mark chapter, and actually, is it, uh, yes, Mark chapter 12. So if you could just turn that real quick, Mark chapter 12. Consider today this medal of heavenly honor here today in Matthew, Mark, sorry, Mark chapter 12. And I want us to look at verse 41. The Bible says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. 
and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did for all they did cast in of their own abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Of all the heroic stories and amazing, you know, stories we could have talked about in regards to a medal of honor. Here's a, a, a story that just, it happened in a moment. They were just sitting in the market. People were giving money to, uh, to the temple and to the priest, perhaps, uh, who were there. And people were just in line giving money. And I guess Jesus and the disciples were just watching, watching people give. And, of course, Jesus was watching for a reason. He was waiting for that widow woman to come. He knew. There was a point he wanted to make, and the disciples were there. And, this, and Jesus said, hey, guys, come over here. See this widow right here? She's giving more than all of them. And, of course, there's the, what do you mean, Lord? She threw in two mites, you know, a farthing. I tried looking it up. It's like, a, what, a third of a penny or something. A quarter? quarter of a penny. It, it's useless. We don't even have pennies in, in Canada anymore. It wouldn't even, it would be nothing. So here's a, an, an instance where a, a widow gave, gave nothing, essentially. Yet Jesus looked at her and would say, one day, she may not even realize this, but in heaven, I imagine this lady receiving a medal of heavenly honor. Here on earth, I don't even know if Jesus went up to her and acknowledged her and said, I see what you did. I appreciate it. I don't even know if they ever connected with each other. If she did her thing and she walked away, I don't know. My, 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 my simple point is simply this. God doesn't just recognize the pastors that hold meetings above 10,000 plus people or the evangelists that save thousands of people a year or the missionaries that have won entire villages to Christ. God knows the hearts and lives of every believer. He sees the widow that no one else sees. He knows the sacrifice that we make, even if no one else does. Medal of Honor is something that there have been billions of people, I should say hundreds of millions of Americans, uh, maybe over a billion Americans that have existed over, since, since uh, America first started. I don't know the exact number. But of those hundreds of millions, only 3,500 have ever received such an honor. What a small percentage that would be. And yet, it would be considered the highest of honors. And for us to think to ourselves, what would I have to do to receive a Medal of Honor? Well, it has to be done in a heroic act, a military You'd have to enlist first. You'd have to train. You'd have to fight. And when you'd have to find yourself in a circumstance where, and there's all these stipulations on how to receive one, there has to be eyewitnesses. So if your whole, if your whole team was destroyed or wiped out in a battle, you're not getting one there. 
Obviously, these people don't live their lives to receive this medal. It's done in a moment, in an act. Something needed to be done. Something needed, someone needed to be saved. And they went out and over above the call of duty and risked their lives for their fellow, for their fellow men, fellow women. Like many of those recipients who received a Medal of Honor, many Christians will never receive their rewards until they get to heaven. Many Christians who, who fight every morning, every day for God, they, they, they struggle, they get up, they pray, they read, they study, they yearn, they cry out, they, they witness, they, they do their part, they do what they need to do. And you know what? It's very possible that they won't get recognized by men here on earth. It's very possible that the college student that's given their life to do, to just dedicate themselves to, to studying God's word and to giving their all and to trying to find God's will, you know, they may, no one's going to really see all that goes into it. But if Jesus could spot a widow woman from a distance in a, in a crowd of people, I guarantee you, I know for sure that Jesus sees each and every one of us and what is put in to the life that we're living for him. Nothing gets unnoticed with God. Oh, mankind, we miss it all the time. We're focused on ourselves so much that we, we miss what others are doing. But that's not the God that we serve. It may seem like the Christian life is a thankless job. It's not a job, but a thankless life. And it is. Nobody asks us to, to, to knock on their door. Nobody wants us to knock and wake them up on a Saturday morning and, and give them something that could save their souls. Nobody, especially the day and age we live in, it's, it's a thankless ministry. It's a thankless lifestyle. But one day, one day, when we get to heaven, everything we've done here on earth will be rewarded accordingly. Revelations 2.10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So, my simple challenge, my simple point, and I'm already done, is simply this. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to God. Our life is not to be lived for ourselves or for the accolades of mankind, but simply so that God will look at us one day and say, well done, thou faithful servants. And then, and then maybe one day, I know, when we get to heaven, we could receive the crowns that are waiting for us and the joy of casting it back at Jesus' feet because that's why it was done in the first place. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.